Welcome to another episode of the Billion Dollar Broker Podcast. My name is Ross Lacane. I'm bringing my 25 years industry experience together with leading experts around the globe to give you the insights on how to live a better life and grow a profitable mortgage broking business that you are proud of. Today, we have Tom Caesar from Notify, a platform that allows brokers to diversify their offerings. Welcome, Tom. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Billion Dollar Broker Podcast. Uh, excited to welcome Tom Caesar from Notify. It's a digital finance hub for mortgage brokers looking to access asset finance. Welcome, Tom. Thanks, Ross. Great to be here, mate. So we had a great chat a couple of weeks back and talking about you know all the changes in the market and the opportunities that this new world had created. I know you're big on technology and this type of thing has really excited you. So tell us a little bit about you know what's excited you. Yeah, I think it's been, um, it's, it's funny, we have a lot of conversations where, you know, over the, the last five to 10 years, you hear the death of retail and certain industries having to pivot and, and digitize, I suppose. And I think where we've looked at it is it's, it's the acceleration of digitization that we've seen over the last three months that's probably got us most excited. And, and when we talk about the digitization, it's not just, you know, uh, retail stores online. It's about the way we behave as both consumers and, and businesses. And, you know, from, from a consumer side of it, um, the expectation is things are contactless now, which generally means there's some sort of digital, you know, um, activity involved. From a business perspective, we have to change our ways to deal with our customers differently because, you know, a typical mortgage broker who would have had face-to-face -face meetings has to now use, you know, um, different means of communication. And, and that's probably been what's excited us because we've always focused on, uh, on that side of the business and, and grown our business that way. Um, and the exciting part's probably, you know, you look at lenders and the, the ID verification, we're seeing a lot more of them um, have to use it and the red tape's been yeah, we, cut in half. So. Yeah, we were chatting about that. So you said yeah. of your lending panel, you had, you know, 20 something lenders and, you know, they've all changed just about overnight. You, you've been pushing them around the item and identification verification yep. thing to go onto online. And now, you know, tell it's me the stats. Yeah. It's happening in one foul swoop. You know, we, um, we're seeing that the majority of them sort of come to us and say, we're, we're now going to accept this, um, which is really exciting because it, it just makes it easier. Um, it, it, it's less pain points for, for the customer. So um, I think that the snipping of the red tape um, is, is, you know, is a big part of, of what we're seeing because it's no longer a choice. Um, it's something they have to do. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, this is all about billion dollar brokers and brokers taking their business to the next level. So I often say there's three areas that the brokers can look to double their business, right? The first one is generating more leads. Yep. The second is converting those leads. And the third is increasing the commission value of that client, right? To increase. So you increase all of those things by 25%, you end up doubling your business. Yeah. So you know, that's the reason I've got you on the call today is really to look at, well, what are the opportunities for equipment finance for mortgage brokers? 
Yeah, I think there's, there's a, a real simple statistic that we look at for, for mortgage brokers. And I think it's about 60% of, of first home buyers will buy a new car um, in the first nine months after buying their home. And there's probably a lot of factors that, that um, cause them to do it. But the reality is they've been saving for their first home. Um, they finally got in, they're paying the mortgage and they've probably got a bit more free cash than, than from when they were saving and, and they want something shiny for their new garage. But it's a, it's a key statistic for mortgage brokers because if they aren't even doing just a car loan for them, um, they're going to go somewhere else. And it, it might not be the car yard because car yards only do about 30% of the, um, of the loans that, that customers are, um, are getting when they buy a car. So that opportunity in the first nine months of settling a, a home for a, for a customer, there's got to be that conversation because 60% of them are, are going to be looking for it and, and you want it to be you. Definitely. I mean, that's a, that's an interesting stat. I, I thought it was within the first 12 months. So you're saying it's within the within nine months. Yeah. yeah, within nine. So, you know, we see the way that um, from a marketing perspective, it's, it's not so much ramming it down their throat and, you know, we do cars, we do cars, but it's, it's the awareness piece. At least let them know that that's what you do um, and you can do it. And, and I think that's the key because, I mean, that probably covers that 25% you're talking about. Yeah. But um, it's, it's such a big opportunity that a lot don't take into account. And it's, it's, it's making it part of your business, not just a, a extension of it. Definitely. And a lot of brokers you know, that I talk to say, oh, should I actually be doing an annual review call around that 12 month period? Because, you know, it's too soon to look at, you know, refinancing or getting to a different lender. But, you know, this is the perfect business reason to actually reach out. So you wouldn't diarise it for 12 months, you'd bring it forward to, to sort of that nine months. Yeah, probably do a three, three and six potentially even. Yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, we, we've heard so many conversations around, you know, trails are, are delayed uh, up front and you need to earn your trail and all these different sort of points. But um, I think, you know, some of these simple bits of communication, like I said, it may not be a phone call, but it might be just, it's put into your email journeys that you've got at three months, one of your automated bits of communication, it's, it's in there somewhere because you mm. want them to think about you when you, and even when you're looking at your social media marketing and things like that, making sure A, your customers like that page and, and they can see when they're on social media that, oh, they also do, they also do asset finance. So um, it's, you know, it's not the phone call that says, hey, you, you ready for a car loan? It's, the, it's, it's them knowing because they will come back to you. Um, they've got trust in you already because you've just financed their home. Yeah, I was having a chat with Jeremy Fisher about, you know, um, home loans. And one of the things he said on the call was he wanted every, all of his friends and family to know that he was a mortgage broker. So it's a similar thing. If you're a mortgage broker, you want all of your clients to know that you can do asset finance and you've got that uh, in your repertoire. Spot on, spot on. And it's, it's just the communication piece. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So which leads us on to the other opportunities in that space. So, you know, to me, one of the things I like about it is, you know, for a home loan, you know, you do the transaction, it might be a pre-approval. And so quite often it's three, sometimes up to six months until you actually get paid for the initial work that you're doing up front. I mean, so for 
you know, equipment finance, if someone's short of cash flow or they're having sort of some tight months, you know, a little bit of focus on this means that, you know, from what you were telling me, how quickly are these guys paying? Yeah, some, some of them are overnight. Um, a lot of them are within in the week and, and then there's a couple that are monthly, but the majority of them you'll get paid within a few days. So um, it certainly does help with cash flow. And when it becomes a part of your business, it's, it's a lot more than one or two deals. You know, we see some of our, our bigger brokers who, who are doing, you know, five to 10 deals comfortably a month and, and they're in individual brokers. They're not, you know, part of a group. They're individual brokers. So I think, um, you know, there's certainly an opportunity to, to help from a cash flow perspective, especially fund some of the, the things that, um, that mortgage brokers are doing. Yeah, definitely. And do you see any habits of those guys in terms of, well, how are they getting this equipment finance business? Is it something they're actively promoting or are there any tips that you could give? Yeah, I think it's just taking a bit of time to learn um, as well and actually um, sort of not look at it as, oh, I want to diversify. It's more, I actually want it to be part of my product offering. Um, you know, there's, um, it's, it's a lot easier than a, than a home loan at the end of the day. So it's as long as you understand how it's structured and how the comms work and, and all those little things. It's just taking that little time and effort to, to learn a little bit and enough to be dangerous so that you can have the conversations with your customers. And if you, you know, even from a, um, a self-employed customer that you've got, you know, 99% of them are going to have some form of asset finance. So you need to make them a, a lot bigger than a home loan client because, you know, you might get two or three deals a year from them in asset finance and suddenly the asset finance piece is more profitable for you than, than just the home loans. So, um, you know, the other side of it is new customers can then come in via asset finance, which then creates home loan opportunities. So it just creates more, um, you know, more revenue streams and, and you know, leads from a, from a different avenue. That's a great point. So in terms of, you know, obviously you need to learn before you earn, as you, as you mentioned. So what suggestions would you give for a broker in terms of where to start? Where would they get the learnings to, you know, upskill themselves to be able to write asset finance? Yeah, I think, look, most aggregators are going to have um, some good forms of training as well. Um, you know, we do regular boot camps, which, which give the basics around understanding asset finance, as we said, to, to be dangerous. But um, even lenders as well, when you, you've got the direct accreditations, you know, ANZ's got a, a really good commercial hub with some good training on there. So I think there's plenty of training out there. Um, it's just a matter of just taking that little bit of time to to actually do it and you know of course we all say we're, we're too busy to do things but i think the long-term reward is is certainly worth the effort to to get started oh definitely and you know from those points that we highlighted one it increases your commission uh and two you know the from a cash flow point of view and plus as we said you, you're you've got those customers on your book anyway, mm. and they're gonna be doing it. So whether they do it through you, or they go do it through the car dealer, or you then open the door to another lender, which obviously opens up the refinance risk, uh, you know, you're much better just taking that time. And it doesn't necessarily have to be you in your business. If you're too busy, you could potentially get, you know, a specialist into your business or, you know, one of the other brokers that, that's not as busy to, to do it. Spot on. And it's, it's a good, um, when you do start adding brokers and training them up, it's a, 
it's a good, you know, this is a really good way for, for bringing someone young into the business and, and having them maybe control your asset finance in the business and, and things like that. But um, it also reduces the risk of, yeah, losing a home loan customer potentially. Oh, definitely, definitely. So I want to talk about technology. Um, you know, we met a few years ago at the first sort of in London, uh, one of the study tours, and we've both just been to the Salesforce conference in the US. And uh, I know you're big on technology and you have been big on technology uh, for many, many years. So tell us a little bit about the technology side of your business. Yeah, look, we, um, you know, certainly it's been a, a big learning curve, the, the whole world of technology, but it probably became a, more of a passion um, early days for me. And um, we've been able to evolve and um, probably have a lot of people that A, have learned technology and we've brought in some good, some good people to, to help build what we've, we've created. So, you know, we're big on Salesforce, obviously. Um, you know, we've been with them for over 10 years and, um, you know, they've been a, a great... Uh, I'd say partner for us because it, you know, it really does control a lot of our, our business and um, we're able to get a 360 degree view of the entire business because of the way we use it. And, and then we've obviously built Notify, which is our, our own IP and our own platform that um, sort of powers our partners and allows them to, I suppose, do what we do. So, you know, we've been able to, you know, slowly build over the last, 10 years, but the last three three years in particular, since we launched Notify, you know, we've been able to really double down on on the tech and start building some really cool things. So, you know, we're in, we're in a really uh, good spot at the moment where over the next six months, we're, we're launching some, I suppose, some, uh, some products that we've been planning on going to market with the last 18 months. But because of COVID, we've, we've doubled down. So, um, yeah, it's a really exciting time. And I think, you know, with a focus on, technology um, every business should be doing it at the moment because um, it's not necessarily build your own but there's so many cool things out there you can use like um, you know the way we were just chatting before about um, one of the uh, you know the ecam solution you were talking about and there's so many things out there that that people can be using it's not necessarily build your own um, but it's it's what can you use to make business easier um, so yeah, we're, we're obviously, um, you know, tech focused and it allows us to be nimble and, and scale, I suppose. Is there any specific examples of some, you know, some cool tech that you're using in your business that, you know, you think that other businesses should jump on? Um, probably, uh, it, you know, depending on the size of, of your business, we use one called Domo, which is a BI tool and a lot of other people would use Power BI. Um, or Tableau or, or systems like that. But um, Domo has been a fantastic business partner and, and you know, especially from a, a digital marketing side of it, we're able to track so many things and so many data points into one platform and then visualize it. And um, that for us has been, you know, amazing because, you know, we can move zero data in there from, from an accounting. We can move Salesforce data in there. Um, and then from a marketing perspective of Google Analytics, Facebook ads, Google AdWords, Bing, and all the different sort of marketing tools we use into one platform so that we can, we can get good insights out of it. So that's probably been um, certainly my favourite over the last few years. And, um, you know, we've been able to build a, a really good partnership with them. Yeah, I mean, sounds amazing. Um, and that allows you to get some real insights and data. And we often talk to you know, brokers about sort of looking at different lead indications and stats 
in terms of the, their business, whether it's you know the number of outbound calls they're making or the number of emails they're sending or you know the amount of social media activity they're doing. You know, for a business the size of yours, what are some of the sort of leading indicators or stats that you guys look at? Yeah, we look at, um, we've built a lot of data around conversion rates and probably um, workload capabilities and things like that. So, you know, when we look at, you know, basically an application to settlement, um, it's not just about, you know, what the rate, you know, what the, the conversion rate is from getting an application to settling it. It's also about, okay, well, what's application to approved? Um, what's application to submitted? You know, and we look at the different touch points of, of the loan, I suppose, and we can then clearly identify maybe where there's some training opportunities for staff um, because someone might be really good at getting deals um, submitted, but they're not getting them approved. So we know we need to look at ways uh, to improve their probably quality in submissions. Um, but then, you know, we also get to look at speed because we've got timestamps on there too. So, you know, we can see if, you know, one of our big things is, is speed to submission and, um, you know, that's efficient as well. Um, and, and accurate. So, you know, us looking at those timeframes of how quickly they're able to action things on behalf of our partners is, is really important. So, um, it goes from phone calls to partners, it goes from, you know, speed to submission, um, to a point that our call center was the average, um, the average callback rate was, we, we got it down to 34 seconds where, you know, it was, it was, you know, over 10 minutes a few years ago. So um, being able to measure those sorts of things to improve your business um, is great. It also creates some challenges because we find things through that data that we never would have found before. So um, it, it, it is great because we're continually using it to, to look at ways to improve. Yeah, that measurement that you said of speed is, is an important one. It's a few that I've heard, you know, people measure their KPIs that they measure their processes and so forth on because I think, you know, by looking at speed, you're looking at where the waste is in your business, aren't you? So you're really creating that efficiencies. Spot on. We, we had a good conversation uh, I think it was in November last year around rather than measuring all the good things you know we do and, and other KPIs within um, within the business let's message how much time is wasted on you know activities that that may not generate revenue or, or future customers and we went through a bit of a wastage strategy and um, you know it, it presented a bit of a different look on the business and, and and certainly found some key areas that we could focus on and improve where we go well hang on why are we wasting 20 minutes on this for every customer we deal with when it could be five minutes if we did this or we may not need to do it all if we did this and um, it allows you to quantify those improvements and, and sort of um, actually put a return on the investment if you a investing in technology or, or b investing in time for for training or an additional resource so um, it was a we sort of flipped the business the other way and, and looked at okay where are we wasting time and I think it prepared us probably really well for for the last couple of months. Oh, definitely, it's you know it's so important around that. I know you know when we're in the mortgage business, we went through that kaizen, and one of the big things around you know looking at the process of your business is identifying those areas of waste that where there might be over processing or double handling, and you know it's amazing of how much you can actually strip back or it might be a process that you've just 
haven't thought of, but that was just the way you've done it, right? That's just, you know, that's the way we've, just because of the way we've always done it, you know, but it's, that doesn't necessarily mean it's the right way. We, ban- we banned that line in our office. You, you can't say that because, you know, we're, one of the things is that, you know, one of our core behaviours is we embrace change because we're always looking at, at new ways to improve, knowing we're never going to be perfect. So, um, yeah, there's no one ever says says that line anymore because it's <laughs> for us. Oh, definitely, definitely. But it's, you know, when, when you do uncover those things and, you know, you really ask the question of why, and it comes, oh, well, that's just the way we've always done it, you know. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's very interesting to, and it's, you know, just shows why it's so important to have, you know, that culture that you've obviously developed in your team, which is around that, you know, ongoing improvement and, and looking at looking at your processes and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely, isn't it? Mm. So we were, we were looking, we were talking before around looking at, well, what's your strategy moving forward? And you made a comment to me, oh, we're actually planning for October right now, you know? So yep. you've got through the COVID stuff and you were talking to me about October. So tell me, you know, what was significant for you about, you know, planning for October? Yeah, I think for us, you know, we've looked the first two weeks um, when it hit, we moved really, really quickly because of, you know, the data we've got and positioned the business, you know, for a, you know, a bit of a, an unknown journey. And obviously after a few weeks uh, from that point, things settled and we were able to clearly plan. And um, we looked at October as the month for us where um, I think, you know, our pipeline right now is, you know, we're, we're on track for a record June, well, a record month for, for Notify. Um, but then we're obviously looking at it, we're in a bit of a false economy. So um, the 150K tax write-off is probably um, allowing that to be a bit, you know, a bit bigger than, than maybe it should be. Um, so we're expecting to see a little bit of a dip in the commercial side of things in July. Um, but then when we get to October, we've obviously got the job keeper, the job seeker, um, ending. We've got the SME guarantee scheme. If, if businesses have taken out loans, payments are going to kick in. We've got tax debts that are going to have to go into arrangements. We've got, you know, lease agreements with um, commercial landlords that have sort of um, had discounted rent for six months and things like that. So there's, there's a lot coming to a head in, in October. And um, I think that that month is, is where um, I think we'll truly know where the economy is and um, that's what we're sort of planning for is we know there's going to be a lot of businesses that don't want to add fixed costs to their business um, over the next few months and we you know we want to position ourselves to sort of amplify what we've we've done over the last 10 years but do it for another thousand businesses so um, I think if, if people can continue to look at ways to reduce fixed costs whilst whilst growing or maintaining their business um, you know, October is really the month for us that we're going to test ourselves and, and, and that we think is the important month. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, yeah, interesting and, and great sort of foresight. And I guess for a business like you, you have to be looking, you know, ahead um, to to work that out. I want to just take a step back because I think, you know, brokers have a month to focus on that thing that you yep. skimmed over, which was the 150K asset write-off so to me this is a massive opportunity for brokers around you know accessing asset finance and equipment for small businesses so can you just sort of highlight to the brokers in the audience exactly what that is and you know what potential 
you know, over the next 30 days they may have to, to access it? Yeah, I think, um, you know, at the moment, that's obviously um, a, a very good government incentive to, to help stimulate the economy and, and have people investing in, in business. And, um, you know, there's a lot of businesses that are still doing relatively well and have been able to not only maintain but, but grow. But because there is a, you know, a tax component that's going to be effective for a small business, the opportunity, especially for your SME customers right now is, is to, to let them know that that's what you offer and do some marketing around it. And, um, you know, we, we have done, we've been actively helping out mortgage brokers from that marketing side of it. So just let their customers know that, that they do it um, and, and some content around, um, uh, you know, what it is and, um, and how they can benefit from it. So I think, you know, definitely leading into the end of June is, is a really good time, but it's something that's got to be actioned, you know, pretty quick because the end of June. Yeah, so just to be really simple for, for the broker, so yep. it's any asset, is it under 150,000? Yeah, pretty much any business asset under 150K. There are some T's and C's that depending on the business that they'll obviously have to get some, some tax advice from, but it's, it's pretty much anything with an asset number for business use. Okay. So it could be a motor vehicle or a truck. Yep. Yeah, it could be a piece of equipment, whatever. Uh, yeah, we had a we saw a guy the other day who was going to get a he was going to have a fifteen grand tax debt, and he he's decided to go buy a new Hilux to help um, to help write that off. So you know there there are ways that um, people can help with some of their you know tax positions by um, you know by investing in, in in assets for their business. But once again. Uh, obviously, every business is different and, and would definitely recommend some, you know, some accounting advice around that. But the opportunities are definitely there to, to take, you know, make the most of it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, um, and then obviously, you're planning forward. So, what other sorts of planning are you doing in your business? One of the areas that I've found a lot of mortgage brokers are weak at is sort of having like a long-term sort of strategy and which may or not include you know, the asset finance as, as a piece. So tell me a little bit about strategy and strategy planning and how important that's been in your business. Yeah, I think um, we, you know, one of my probably biggest downfalls is, uh, you know, I do a lot of um, forward thinking. Sometimes it's too far forward. So um, we've really combined our strategy with some, we've got our long-term goals of, of what we want to achieve and um, and we've really broken them down into to shorter goals, which are a monthly and quarterly um, focus. So, you know, we've obviously had to change <laughs> that whole strategy over the last three months. But, um, you know, as, as we're preparing the budget for the new year, we're obviously looking at um, it, it's, it's all good and well to have those long term goals, which, you know, which, which we all have. But to get to them, we break it down into having the, the short term goals that, you know, it sort of shows you um, your improvement and your success towards that bigger goal. So um, that's how we've sort of, um, you know, focus on it. And, and certainly with a bit more of the, the one-page strategic plan approach, um, you know, obviously the Fern Harnish Scaling Up is a really good book and, um, and workshop to do um, around that. But um, I think, you know, that there, it's definitely a time to do plenty of planning because what, businesses we came into COVID with, um, they're likely to be different in some sort of way on the other side. So we, we do all need to be planning for that. 
Mm, definitely, definitely. And in terms of, you know, as we said, in terms of looking into the future, there's massive opportunities. We were talking about that, hey, it's gone from being a local authority in your market to being you know, a market authority. And there's really no borders now because mm. you know, with the we can you know, interview over Zoom or Skype or whatever platform that you're using. And so for people to really sort of double down on their strategies around equipment finance and asset finance and position themselves as an expert, mm. there's a real opportunity for that. Yeah, mm. definitely. And I think that's the whole, you know, not needing to be face-to-face, learn, learn a bit about digital marketing, learn a bit about social media and, um, you know, it's, it's not... Um, it's not just, hey, I'll, um, I'll work in my local market. You know, you, you've got to build your business so you can deal in, in markets that are, you know, not within your office or, or home office and, and in your local area. But how do you broaden your horizons and open up your target market a bit more? Because everyone who is running a business now, uh, well, the majority of them should have a, uh, a market that's the entire Australian population because, um, COVID's given us an opportunity to, you know, in the past, maybe you or me would have caught up face to face to have this chat. And, and now we, you know, we can do it like this. So I think we're seeing a, a lot of businesses be agile enough to, to, to look at that and, and change the way they've always done business. Yeah, definitely. So in terms of what you mentioned, I know you guys do some, you know, digital marketing yourself. So what are your tips if, you know, because a lot of, again, the marketing side, I find a lot of brokers aren't strong on, yeah. on that side. So from a digital marketing space, what are some basic tips that you would recommend for brokers looking to sort of start that digital marketing journey? Yeah, I think um, it's, it's, look, digital marketing, we, we would say it's, it's easy probably to get the leads in when you're going to put some money towards your digital marketing. Um, there's always ways to get leads. The next question is probably going to be a, a quality perspective and, and how you service that lead. So if the, the biggest tip I would, would give to anyone, um, and especially mortgage brokers looking to do digital marketing, would be you've got, to, you've got to respond to that lead faster than any other lead you've ever contacted. Because if they're online, they're likely inquiring at more places and it's a bit of a first in best dress. If you can get onto them and, and win the deal early, you cut out your competitors. Um, so I think that the speed is really important how you service it. Um, and if you're looking to, to get into it um, and actually do the digital marketing yourself, you know, Google has a free, you can sign up to a Google um, training plan. I think it's about a 40 hour course. It doesn't take that long. Um, it's free, it's, it's, it's easy to, to use and um, you get some good insights to understand the world of digital marketing. So I think there's so many free resources out there because once again, give yourself a, a little bit of knowledge, even if you do use a, a strategic partner to do your digital marketing, at least you'll understand what they're billing you for um, and you can probably hold them a bit more accountable, which is, is probably the, the biggest thing I learned is um, I did it all myself early. And when we did get a, a partner to do some digital marketing for us, I was able to talk the same language. Um, so I think that's really important to understand those basics before you, you jump in. Yeah, definitely. So speed of contact. Um, and I've heard that, you know, like that you can be up to, if you contact them within the first minute, it's like, you know, um, 300% more than if you wait, you know, 
five minutes or more sort of thing. So there's some really interesting stats around those online leads and, you know, how quickly you need to be sort of on them and, and, and contacting. But I think the other thing is around, you know, 50% of those clients probably won't do anything with you. 15% will act straight away. Yeah. But 85% of that 50% may deal with you in the future so they need to go then on more of a nurture sort of strategy as well so it's one thing having a digital strategy to get the leads in but you know you're probably the biggest kicker for you is going to have to be put them in some sort of nurture campaign where that they're going to nurture those clients until they're ready uh, to become clients yeah i think that's a that's a that's a big one you know there's always a lot of conversation about brokers need to make the most of their database this you know doing a bit of digital marketing and, and maybe not converting those clients straight away certainly gives you a bigger database to market to and once again opens up opportunities across um, multiple different products and um, that nurturing piece is is is, is your brand awareness um, and using social media like TV advertising used to be, and that's what we talk a lot about. And, um, you know, that nurturing piece isn't just an email, it's SMS, it's phone calls, it's, you know, um, marketing on social media, because you can actually pull your database as a broker and actually plug that into the back of Facebook and market to just those customers. So they're the only ones that see your brand. So that helps you build a bit of brand awareness and it's, it, and it's not very expensive too. But over time, um, it won't give you rewards quickly, but in the long term, it, it will build that brand awareness and that nurturing piece that, that will bring a lead when it's ready, uh, ready to you know, convert or, or have intent to, to actually get a loan. Yeah, I think that's a great point and a, a point that a lot of people don't realise that in Facebook Ads Manager, you can have a CSV file of all your clients, upload it into the Ads Manager and then specifically target people who are already on your database. So you're not just then they're on your nurture email campaign, you're actually targeting you know, directly through Facebook. And you know, that's where people are spending their most of their time these days. If you look at the stats in terms of, you know, how people are spending the time and where people are spending their time, you know, Facebook is still, you know, one of the most popular avenues for, for your ideal clients right now. Definitely. And I think it's, you know, as, as, as we say, it's like, you know, it's TV of the early 2000s, but instead of, you know, marketing across this really broad audience size, you're able to go, hang on, here's my database. They've already inquired to me. I could market a personal loan, a car loan, a home loan, or even investment loan, or however that is. Um, you can tailor your marketing and your messaging accordingly. And I think it's, once again, it's that brand awareness of this is what I do. And when that person is going to look for a loan in the future, they're going to remember, ah, yeah, I saw, saw that ad on Facebook. And it's, it's more of a brand awareness campaign than, than a, a lead conversion campaign. Yeah, definitely. So, so that's something that you learn about yourself. And then obviously, you, do you outsource that to an agency now to sort of run on your behalf? We, we've we've sort of a bit of a roller coaster. We used to, you know, we started. I, I did all of it in the early days. Then we um, used an agency. Then we brought it back internally. Then we used another agency, and now we've got a you know quite a sizable marketing team that does that. Um, so we've built up the skills within the business. We think we've got about eight within the group now. Um, that's wholly and solely in, on the digital marketing side of it. So you know we've what 
you know, what we've said is with everything we've learned and, and been able to do, um, you know, we've started doing that for some broking groups to roll out a strategy like that that allows them to, to communicate very clearly with, um, with brokers. So an agency was very good for, for certain, um, certain probably skill sets we maybe didn't have at points in time. Um, but over time, as the business has grown, we've obviously tried to build more and more of that internally. And um, now pretty much 100% of our marketing is, is done internally. When you say internally, do you have, are they all based in Australia or do you have an offshore team as well? Yeah, so we've got an onshore team and an offshore team. So we've got some, um, you know, th there are some really good skill sets you can get offshore too. Um, and, you know, it's not necessarily for a price factor. Um, it's, it's actually probably being from a skill set factor. We've been looking for certain skill sets that fill a, a hole in the marketing team. And, um, you know, we're, we're obviously based in Adelaide, so the, the population's a lot smaller than Sydney Local, Melbourne. And hey, yeah. <laughs> all our, all our, uh, all our good skilled workers end up in, uh, in Melbourne and Sydney. But, um, you know, it is hard to find really good marketing resources. So, you know, we've found people who have probably had more of a, a cultural fit and a, a willing willingness to learn new skills and you know our marketing guys have been fantastic at embracing um, new tools and technologies that allow us to probably be more um, you know more dynamic in the way we approach our marketing so um, we've got I think five five in um, Adelaide and we've got four in Manila yeah okay excellent excellent I mean it's been a great chat. We've sort of covered so many different areas from, you know, the opportunities for brokers in small business to strategy, to technology, to social media. So I think there's been a lot of value around, you know, brokers sort of embracing that. Just, you know, in closing, if we were to sort of, if someone was on the fence of thinking about getting into equipment finance and wanted to, you know, take the, the next step, well, what would you suggest for them is the, the biggest tip that they could get started in equipment finance as soon as possible? Yeah, I think it's, it's just, um, it's, it's just do it. Um, just get on with it and start learning it. Um, you know, there's, there's either, there's, there's doing it yourself initially is, is quite hard, but um, you know, what, what we've focused on is probably that new to market broker who hasn't done too much yet. And, you know, we've, we've got, you know, a couple really good brokers who started with us and now it's just easier that they've now got a team of both commercial and consumer um, brokers that it looks like are in their business and a team they can bounce scenarios off and, and things like that. So there's other strategic partners out there just like us in, in the same space. Um, but you know, if you decide to do it internally, just take the time to learn it or, or find a, a business partner that, that makes you look good. <laughs> yeah, cool, cool. And if people do want to get in touch with you and to look at coming on your platform, what's what's the best way to get in contact with you, Tom? Best way is either look me up on, on LinkedIn or um, or just go to notify.com.au and uh, make an inquiry and one of our guys will do a demo or, um, you know, or, or give you a call to, to run through um, you know, how it all works. And, um, and then we do a boot camp, which goes for about an hour and a half uh, once a week, which will, will give you the basics of, of asset finance. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, really enjoyed the chat as always, Tom. Uh, so this has been another episode of the Billion Dollar Broker. Uh, if you like us on Facebook, come and find us under the group Billion Dollar Broker. 
uh, asked to join the group and uh, we're looking at taking broking to the next level and there's a lot of great um, brokers that you can ask great questions on there as well. So uh, look us up and follow us on whatever podcast platform that you use, whether it be Apple, Spotify or SoundCloud. And uh, yeah, I look forward to talking to you again. Thank you.